The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Now, take a listen to this. I want you to bring me before nightfall a set of post-mortem knives. An autopsy? Lucy? No, 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 not exactly. I just want to cut off her head and take out her heart. Since the gothic horror novel Dracula was first published over a century ago, the Prince of Darkness has become a cultural icon and a powerful brand. Apart from featuring in countless marketing campaigns, the book has also spawned movie spin-offs, stage adaptations and even a clothing line. The Count has been counting his money. Arts journalist Chris Wasser joins us. Good morning. Good morning. Dubliner Bram Stoker made his money from working as a stage manager in London. Writing was actually a side gig. When Dracula was published in 1897, was it a hit? It was and it wasn't. It wasn't a hit the way that his mother, Charlotte Stoker, wanted it to be. Um, There are reports that, you know, she wrote to him and was speaking to him and saying, you know, you've delivered a masterpiece here and this is going to bring you great fame and fortune. Um, It didn't. It sold. I mean, you know, the the initial print run was 3,000 copies. You could pick it up for uh, six shillings. Um, After that, you know, uh, after that sold, out. There was another run. It was also published in America two years later. So it was a success, but it wasn't quite, you know, the horror, you know, phenomenon that many of us like think no of it today. as today. It was only after his death that it became something of, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a significant horror masterpiece recognised by millions. Did it make money for Bram Stoker? I mean, was he was he well known in his lifetime? He was well known as her, Henry Irving's personal assistant manager and also the stage manager at the Lyceum Theatre, a position he held for 27 years. And he was known for, uh, you know, for putting on these uh, extraordinary productions featuring Henry Irving. It was his Writing was only really his side gig. He only ever really got the time to write in August. Every August, he would take a holiday with his wife, with his wife Florence Balcombe, and he would write in Aberdeenshire for about three or four weeks. He'd put out a novel, he'd make a little bit of money on the side, but that really wasn't his main position. Again, it was just he, he was known for his theatre job. After Bram Stoker died, his widow Florence wasn't left a wealthy woman by any means. So she sold the notes for his novel at public auction. What did she make from that sale? She made two pounds and two shillings, which in 2023 is around 290 pounds, which is just extraordinary because you had 100 pages of notes, all detailing all of this research that had taken him about 10 years. That's 10 years worth of holidays, basically, where he was uh, researching European folklore, a little bit of Romanian folklore, um, you know, some some horror stories kind of and then also, you know, some artistic license in there as well and then an awful lot of notes about Henry Irving who he based the character on so these you know invaluable notes selling for two pounds and two shillings it is extraordinary but it's it's unfortunate that Florence Balcombe was so strapped for cash in the years following his death because as I said Dracula wasn't this enormous success and there was also a bit of an issue around the copyright too and there's been over a thousand editions of Dracula translated into 30 languages. It's never been out of print. Never been out of print, no. It was actually, a renewed interest in the novel came about after the release of Nosferatu in 1922, a silent German expressionist, expressionist horror. Um, Florence fam- famously soothed the filmmakers because they didn't ask for permission. Um, uh, they, all, all copies of the film were ordered to be destroyed. Luckily they weren't. Uh, a few had gone out for international distribution so there was, there was no way to track them down and it's one of the greatest horror films ever made so that's great. Um, but uh, it, the the, the lawsuit was huge and went on for around two or three years and that renewed interest in the novel and that was the beginning of renewed interest in Dracula and in Brown Stoker's uh, uh, published works. Then in 1931 the film sold 50,000 tickets at New York's Roxy Theatre within two days of opening. That surely was a record for the time. An extraordinary record because Universal had uh, there was an awful lot of publicity around the time that they had bought the film rights. Uh, they had actually discovered they were the ones that discovered that Bram Stoker when uh, you know signing the copyright law and when registering the novel hadn't done it correctly 
correctly. He hadn't registered yes. two copies of the novel instead. He'd registered one copy of the novel instead of two. Dracula was instantly in the public domain. Now, there's still like, you know, you still had to get the film rights, but the novel was in the public domain. But the first film was an extraordinary success. You had Bela Lugosi basically giving us the Dracula that we still kind of, you know, build off of today. Um, but yeah, 50,000 tickets in two days and also $700,000 in profit for Universal Studios, which in 1931 was huge. Huge money. He's a dream character for filmmakers because they don't have to pay those usual copyright and licensing fees. But does that mean that nobody owns Dracula, the brand? Essentially, yeah. I mean, Dracula is such a huge money spinner, but not for any one person. Um, so when it comes to the films and when it comes to plays and when it comes to adding your own spin on it, you don't necessarily have to ask for, or you don't. You have to ask for permission, but you don't have to pay all the usual licensing and copyright fees. So there's been 700 to 1,000 versions. There's no way of knowing, but ever since 1921, 1922, 700 to 1,000 movies featuring Dracula. And then there's cartoons. There's and cartoons. There's comics. famously Count Dukula. You know. I loved the Count Dukula. Oh, Count Dukula was part of all of our childhoods. And also he's appeared in, com- he's appeared in almost a thousand different comic books too. He's appeared alongside all the stalwarts of DC and Marvel. Um, he's been everywhere because, unfortunately, he's cheap. You know, he's uh, he's great, but he is cheap. And uh, the, the the book as well, it's had an influence on local tourism in Transylvania. Fans yes. like to visit Dracula Castle. They do like to visit Dracula Castle, despite the fact that there's no evidence that, you know, uh, uh, that Bram Stoker was basing him off of Vlad the Impaler. He just basically, he took the name Dracul, which is Vlad the Impaler's father's name, and, and therefore he was Dracula. Um, but uh, look, there was always going to be a bit of tourism around, uh, around this, you know, uh, connection. Uh, so you can go visit Bram Castle and you can go there and people will tell you that this is Dracula's castle. It's not but fun for tourists, I suppose. And Bram Stoker isn't forgotten. His desk fetched a handsome sum at auction. It did. We had a, um, uh, the, a chap named Andrew Lamberty, a Belgravia art dealer, who got his hands on, on, on Bram Stoker's desk, which he even says is not much of a desk. It's actually a table. There's not much. It's, it doesn't look very comfortable for writing at, basically. But this is where he wrote Dracula. And he bought it, uh, 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 did, did the whole thing up, added some drawers. And now if you want to, if you want to buy it from Andrew, it'll cost you €575,000. To buy it? Yes. Yeah. I just said that actually Dracula was a little bit cheap, but actually you'll need a few quid in order to buy Bram Stoker's desk. And has, has his family ever benefited in any way? A little bit, yeah, but not in, in, in a way that they might have benefited if, you know, if the copyright and, and the, and the uh, uh, if, if it had all been done correctly at the beginning, it would be a very different story. So while Dracula didn't make a fortune for Bram Stoker in his lifetime, his famous character has certainly made a lot of money for many people since. Chris Wasser, thank you very much for coming in to us. Thanks for having me.